I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senra, and joining me is my co-host, Jesse Hall. How are you doing, Jesse? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Kyle. Uh, we Football is officially back, so uh, uh, I'm doing well. Yes, welcome to training camp. Uh, we're going to cover the events of week one of Packers training camp. So they began their first official team practices on Wednesday, July 27th, uh, I believe Went back-to-back days, 27th, 28th, and then uh, finishing yesterday, Saturday, July 30th. That finishes the first week, uh, officially, of Packers training camp. So we're recording this on Sunday, July 31st, and just going to talk about all the events that have happened kind of over the course of this week. Even the last couple weeks, we have had a bit of an absence. So I guess it's not just welcome back to the Packers, but also, I guess, welcome back to the podcast. And welcome back, Jesse. Good to talk with you again. Yeah, good stuff. Um yeah, uh, looks like it'll be full steam ahead from here. So I guess we could probably start with some of the bad news, right? Yeah, just yeah to get the official stuff out of the way. So uh, the injured reserve doesn't take effect until the season, uh, or, or I guess you know you'll you'll first place players on injured reserve at the very end of training camp, right before the uh, the final fifty three man roster is is announced, or as that fifty three man roster is announced. Um, and so, uh, the injured reserve doesn't exist yet, but during training camp, there are two lists for players that are injured. So there's the physically unable to perform list, the pup list. So those are players that have been injured, uh, you know, either in practices this off season, but for, I think for the most part, for a lot of these Packers players, anyway, it's injuries from the previous season yet to recover from. Uh, there's also the NFI list, the non-football injury list. So if a player is injured away from the team, they, they're put on this separate list. Uh, so just kind of designate de- 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 distinctions. I think you know that the players are still paid. It, it just uh, you know legalities for the league and, and stuff like that. And the way that the salary cap works is the, the distinction, the difference. But all to say, the players on the lists aren't practicing. So I guess the first thing is to kind of just cover who's on those lists. And it's uh, especially for the pup list, quite extensive. Um, over the last, uh, I guess, really week week and a half there have been i believe 12 different packers players placed on the pup list so just going by position you've got a couple offensive linemen and again the case of injuries from last year or even the previous seasons uh david Bakhtiari and elton jenkins so both the uh, left and right tackle uh aren't practicing yet aren't training now just because they're on the pup list doesn't mean they're not going to play week one but so far you've got Bakhtiari and jenkins on the list uh, a couple of wide receivers as well rookie Christian Watson, who uh, appears has had a recent knee surgery, so just recovering from that. And then uh, Malik Taylor, I think one of the most recent additions. This might have actually been 
I, I don't know if he got hurt on the first day of, of uh, training camp, but it seems like that's a more, re- he wasn't one of the initial players when training camp opened that was on the list. I think there was nine players. So Malik Taylor, a recent addition. So you've got, again, a couple offensive linemen, a couple wide receivers, tight end Robert Tunyon towards ACL last year. Same with RB uh, Kylan Hill, who was put on the list, and, and also running back Patrick Taylor placed on the list. A couple of defensive linemen as well, Dean Lowry and Howdy Putatu. Uh, and then a couple more players, linebacker Ramsey, Ra- Randy Ramsey, and then kicker mason crosby even wrote randy ramsey in full so i wouldn't mess it up and i still messed it up sorry randy ramsey um i guess good news is that ramsey dean lowry and patrick taylor have all been activated off the pup list so they're back to practice but again at some point there were uh you know double digit packers players on the pup list to to start training camp yeah and i you know the elephant in the room is you know david bakhtiari obviously i mean it's it's well over a year and a half since he's played and it's come out that he's basically had three surgeries on that knee. Uh, yeah. Kind of, kind of scary uh, situation there, but he seems pretty upbeat. Brian Gutenkoops basically said that he will play again. So I, I, I know it's uh doesn't look good, but hopefully he can return sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. And so we'll, I guess, touch later on in the episode about about of like what the, the Packers are doing at the offensive line and what the, the, the starting line and what the ones look like right now without arguably your two best offensive linemen in, in Bakhtiari and Jenkins. And again, what we expect are both the edge protectors on the line. Right. Yeah. You know, next man up, right? Um but, but just, just to talk about that, Jesse, next, next man up, there's a couple of backup offensive linemen. I think both are specifically expected to maybe compete for tackle depth spots. Caleb Jones and Rashid Walker, and they're on the NFI list, the non-football injury list, or they were anyway. Both have actually been activated. Um, and uh, I guess another thing we'll talk about later on as well as wide receivers. We already mentioned Christian Watson not practicing. Same with Malik Taylor. Uh, Sammy Watkins was a, was placed on the NFI list temporarily. Uh, I guess, yeah, again, start of, of training camp, uh, day one, first practice, but is now been activated off as well, just like Jones and Rashid Walker. Uh, there's two other players that have been on the NFI list. So Keeson Nixon, a defensive back, and he is, he remains on the list. He's the only player currently on the Packers non-football injury list, as far as I know. And then there's also linebacker Kalf Bryce, who was on the list activated and has since been released actually. So he's no longer on the Packers. Um, so yeah, the NFI list right now, just the one player, but again, there's still right now, uh, eight Packers on the pup list. Again, D- Bakhtiari Jenkins, Christian Watson, Malik Taylor, Robert Tunyon, Kylan Hill, Putato, and Mason Crosby. So I guess to th- then transition, J- Jesse, next thing we talk about is, uh, you know, what, what is, what is happening at practices now. So I don't know if there's a, a position group you want to start with or a storyline you, you want to begin with, but uh, the floor is yours. If you have anything to say, uh, I mean, I'll well jump right into it. And the next great 87 has been the talk of camp so far, Romeo dubs. So uh, the wide receiver room, I guess, you know, that was the lost the key piece last year in Devonte Adams. And how are we going to fill those shoes? I don't think one guy's going to fail it, but it's going to be by committee, but uh, the rookie actually is looking really good. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers gives you praise and he never praises rookies you're doing something right but it just seems like he fits he's making plays he's beating good cornerbacks and it's not just you know flashes it's every play he's doing something well so Romeo Dubs has been a really nice surprise so far and it seems like Dubs you know we get we talked about uh, there was as many as uh, three potential receivers that could be playing with the ones that were out. Um, so, you know, more opportunities to play with the, the ones alongside Lazard and Cobb. So Dubs has been doing that same with Juwan Winfrey. And it seems like both have been impressing, but from the looks of it, they're also because of lack of wide receiver depth, having to kind of still stick with the twos play with Jordan love. And it seems like Dubs is also uh, just according to some uh, Packers wires uh, uh, reports. looks like Dubs is, playing well no matter who's at quarterback he's making good plays with love as well as Aaron Rodgers so that's maybe key as well just to show that it's not just you know Rodgers just elevating dubs to make him look good like it seems like he's really winning on his own merit yeah yeah he's doing real well he's also was taking uh first team reps as punt returner too and we all know how bad special teams is so anywhere he can help will be really good um kind of sticking with that group you know Alan Lazard they're really pumping that he 
he's ready to take that next step and kind of take over just from some stuff I've read on Twitter, you know, people being there, it looks like he's a little slimmed down a little bit and, and moving better than they've seen him move. So that that's good news also. Winfrey as well. looks like he's you know, performing well, but you, you actually brought up a good point. That's kind of making my mind go there. You're just talking about dubs as, as a returner. So who, who are the candidates right now? It seems like there's, like you said, a, a quite an extensive list of, of players who could be either a kick returner or a punt returner uh, for the Packers this year. So aside from dubs, uh, who else is, seems like they're, they're getting opportunities and has chances. I think it's everybody. I mean, they even had Aaron, Aaron Jones back there. And when Matt LaFleur was asked about it, you know, obviously you're not going to have your number one running back, you know, doing it, but they said, Hey, it's in case of emergency or in a big game in the playoffs or something, we're going to give everybody an opportunity and, you know, see, see who can be our best asset back there. But basically Amari Rogers has been, everybody's been fielding him, but Amari Rogers is still getting his shot. And then you have dubs, uh, taking punts, but yeah, other than that, I think every if you're a, a skill player, you're going to get an opportunity to at least uh, get a look on special teams. Yeah, and so that's something that may not even be settled by week one. That's something that could evolve. Yep. The, the the designated returners could change as the season goes on to see who's uh, excelling or who's actually getting bigger roles, maybe on the offense, and they want to take them away from special teams, even if if they, you know, I guess maybe the emphasis this year will be on special teams. So if someone's doing really well as a returner, let's say dubs, they, they, you know, they don't play much on offense to start the season and they have him just primarily as a returner and he's doing well, I guess they're probably not going to take him away from that too much. If they decide, okay, we want to expand his role in the offense and they don't want to get hurt on special teams. You could maybe put that aside and just say, he's going to play as much as he, as he is capable of it and has earned. Yeah. The way it sounds, you know, the special teams have been neglected for a long time. And it looks like they're actually investing a little bit more effort into it this year. Again, Matt LaFleur said he learned more so far this offseason about special teams than he ever has in his life. So I don't know if he's kind of knocking on former coordinators or if he really believes that it's, it's time to fix this mess. So, hey, all hands on deck. Put the best guys out there and just be average and we'll be okay. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Arguably, the two best players on the offensive line aren't, aren't there. So, uh, what is what is the what are the combinations? It seems like they've actually been using quite a few combinations of different players, kind of all over the place. Uh, really, the, the, you know, we've kind of touched on it throughout the offseason, and you know, you've written some articles throughout the offseason, well, as and you've talked about it. Left guard and center are pretty set. Jo- John Runyon is going to be left guard, and Josh Meyer is going to be center. When Bach and Jenkins are healthy, they're the you know they're a tackle. Uh, now, if only one's there, then got to figure out who the other tackle is. But really, it seems like right guard might be where like the, the real battle exists at training camp. But, uh, you know, we'll see. So uh, I guess uh, Matt uh, Shen, uh, I always have a hard time saying his name, Packers beat reporter Matt Scheidman. Uh, he reported that the the fir- first day of practice, the initial starting five was we already mentioned Josh Myers at center. John Runyon Jr. at left guard. It was Josh Nijman at left tackle and Royce Newman at right tackle. I think we're not so surprised Nijman. He's had the, out of everyone else that's on the team, he's had the most experience playing left tackle in the NFL. He's gotten game action last year specifically. Uh, so it makes sense that he would start as the first team left tackle. But I guess Royce Newman, who's, you know, played some right guard last year before getting benched late in the season, return of Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, emergence of John Runyon, kind of, took his spot out of the, the starting five. So interesting to see him at right tackle. I was a little surprised by that. I figured there was a lot of players that they specifically brought in a lot of players to tackle. I figured Newman would, what they want to do is can you win the right guard spot? So interesting to see him start at right tackle. Just right off the bat. What, what are your thoughts on that? On that? First thing that they said, which I like with Adam Stedovich, he's going to put his best five out there. So they're trying all different kinds of combinations right now. Nothing's in stone. Wait till the pads get on. That's going to separate the men from the boys. 
but they're they're given these when Green Bay drafts linemen, they take versatile players that they feel can move inside and out. And it's it's kind of a luxury now because you can try these different combinations. So you have a guy like Royce Newman who actually led all Packer linemen last year in snaps as a rookie, and he was at guard. Now they're giving him – he played right tackle and left tackle his last year in college. So they're giving him a shot out there. And then the next day he bumped back inside. So, so they're just doing different combinations. Jake Hansen actually started on that initial starting five. He was out with the, with the ones at right guard. And then when the twos came out, he bumped to center. So I think I really feel like he's going to be a backup at all three interior spots unless, you know, something crazy happens. But I think that Sean Ryan is going to get a lot of looks at right guard also. But um, yeah, new Royce Newman there. If he's good enough to win a battle somewhere, he's probably going to start on the right side somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, so you have to imagine. I mean, you know, maybe again, if if Bach or Jenkins can't go, uh, there's a, a right tackle spot probably open um, mm-hmm. to, to start the season. So maybe Newman's fighting at that. But it looks like the the right guard. I mean, really, I don't think we're surprised if if, if there's maybe five different players. It could be the the starting right guard. Uh, you know, Newman might be the, I don't know if he's the, the best favorite, just, you know, that ability. Okay. We, we, he feels so confident in him at, at right tackle. We want to get him on the line anyway. So makes sense. I, I would almost think like, I don't know if you're thinking this too, just the way you're talking that Newman is probably right now, the favorite to be the right guard to, to, to start week one, assuming that he doesn't have to play tackle. I, yeah, I think he's in the mix. Um, it's going to be between him and Sean Ryan. I really think, uh, it's kind of interesting how you look at this line where that right side's some big rugged dudes, people movers. Um, the the thing with, with Royce Newman last year was he, he, he kind of got beat on stunts inside and he was talking about being out on, you know, at right tackle, it, it slows down a little bit for him. So maybe that's why they're giving him a look out there because I'm going to just go out on a limb and don't think we're going to have our two best players on the line back week one. So you got to put somebody out there that you trust. So again, it's, it's, it's a fun battle. Wait till the pads go on and some preseason games and we'll see who separates, but he's definitely in the mix. And I would say, yeah, I think yeah, Newman and and Sean Ryan, probably that. Yeah. Two heavier favorites to get at right guard. I mean, if Jake Hansen, like we're saying, he, he's probably the, the main backup center, but main backup at all the, the guard spots. I mean, if he really shows he deserves to be on the line, he could get it too. Um, and then, the the players who initially started with the second team uh, as the tackles, Zach Tom and Cole Van Lannan. And I think especially Zach Tom, the way he's progressed through just one week of training camp, he started as the left tackle on uh, the second team. And then it seemed like every day was kind of moving up. He played uh, right tackle with the first, the first team, I think eventually left tackle with the first team as well. So now, and, and that's why I was almost thinking with, with Newman, if Zach Tom kind of proves that I think they drafted Zach Tom to be a tackle. That's what he was in college. If, if they feel confident enough in him as the week one start at right tackle, that does kind of make me think that Newman will probably get that, that start at uh, right guard week one, which I think happened last year, right? He started week one at right guard just with, again, all the injuries, Bach, not back. So Jenkins over out at left tackle um, who played right tackle week one. I can't even remember. <laughs> Oh, uh, Billy Turner was still on. Billy Turner was on the team last year, right? I didn't just make that up. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess, yeah, without Billy Turner, someone who is versatile, it, it's, it's, someone might get that opportunity. So uh, it seems like Zach Tom has progressed well through uh, week one of training camp. Yeah. Uh, Zach Tom is my dude. That is just a lunch pail. A lot of people compare him to uh, Bakhtiari coming out, you know, a, li- a little light, a little small for, you know, typical prototype tackles in the league, but he's just a super athlete. Great, great technician. Uh, and I think he's a pure left tackle. I, I really do. You know, they moved him around the first day a little bit. And then the next two practices, he was entrenched at left tackle, going against Gary and holding his own. And let me tell you, everybody's saying Gary's just destroying everybody and he's holding his own. So uh, I think the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, obviously, we want Bakhtiari back and we don't want to see our future yet, but he's, he's going to be a damn good football player, I think. So Paul Brettel was reporting, and again, this is the third day of practice yesterday, Saturday, uh, that uh, the offensive line 
like to start with the ones with Zach Tom at left tackle and Nijman at right tackle. And they had, again, Runyon Myers on a, as we expected and Royce Newman with the right guard with the ones, but then Sean Ryan right guard with the twos. So it is kind of thinking that that's going to be what that, that competition is, is between those two for that right guard spot. So, uh, but, but again, I think all this, uh, competition for for tackle as well i guess maybe is just as complex with newman kind of contributing in both uh regards and i and i guess it like if if jenkins and bach are, are back healthy and zach tom really shows that well could he maybe even get con- consideration for the right guard spot he could i mean <laughs> they're gonna put their best five out there that's for sure so whoever rises above and that's good you know when you have these young guys that are competing like this it that that's a good problem to have, you know. You, you can put the best guys out there. So uh, it we we thought the old line battles were going to be exciting, especially with two studs out. But even when those guys come back, that's just going to make us that much better in the long haul with our depth guys now getting real NFL playing time. And I think the thing with well playing time, and in, even if it's just practice time, it seems like Zach Tom is getting a ton of reps because he's playing left tackle with the first team and second team. At least that's what was yesterday's practice. So if that's what's gonna, if they've kind of settled on on okay, first week is kind of figuring out what what the depth chart and the units are gonna be. If they've kind of settled on that line for now, and he gets a ton of left tackle reps, you know, in week two of practice. And that's that's where I think you know you could really see him kind of gaining confidence, advance, and and feel really confident. And even if you know, it could even have to start at left tackle week one. Like I, I think that's that's a possibility we're, we're avoiding. What if both of them? What if both Jenkins and Bakhtiari aren't ready? And it's it's going to have to be Tom and and Nijman. And you kind of just figure out who's the who's better at left, who's better at right tackle. You, I think right now you'd at least you, you don't want it to happen, but you at least feel comfortable with both those guys on the edge thinking that you know it's Aaron Rodgers he can he can make it do for a few weeks if if it's with less than stellar because that's what you get with Jenkins and Bach when they're healthy is complete like stellar all pro performances so and he, he can make it work with with less than that um with again with a really strong interior it looks like that'll at least for the start of the season be kind of the where you kind of anchor the team around a little bit which maybe means more running more you know, opportunities for the running backs to kind of really take over. And uh, I do kind of want to transition here to talk a little bit about some polls we've done recently, you know, on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. So appreciate all the fans that kind of reached out. Um, so the first one was uh, a few weeks ago when we had the Flurry Sports crew on. I was talking about touchdown projection. I kind of just started that project. And actually uh, at the day of recording, I've, I've uh, it's kind of finalized now to where, you know, and I'll, and I'll keep sort of, um, you know, adding to it as, as information comes in, but I'm going to start really, I actually have started releasing articles already on full press coverage about those findings for uh, all the teams. So started to just today with the AFC East article out, but uh, anyway, so in that uh, discussion was, uh, you know, we're pretty confident Aaron Jones is going to lead the team in scrimmage touchdowns, but who's going to be second. And we also put that up to the, the viewers and list and uh, listeners. Uh, and uh, so in the poll, I put the top four options that I had kind of pro- projected uh, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and then AJ Dillon. And Dillon got 43% of the votes. So, and then Alan Lazard had 38% of the votes. So most people think that it's going to either be Dillon or Lazard that's next on the team in touchdowns behind Aaron Jones. So you could see it where, and, and I've actually, I don't think it'd be too unusual. I think there might be like the Cleveland Browns, for instance, might be a team where the, the top two scrimmage touchdown players on the team are both running backs. So mm-hmm. wouldn't, so that's kind of what the, the poll saying uh, fan wise. Uh, what do you think? You know, we've had a, had that discussion a couple of weeks ago and just to, to stew on it. What, what do you think between those four players? Or do you think it's someone else, Jesse? I think it's between those guys right there. Um, I think Aaron Jones is the clear cut on top of that list, but I could see running back, running back too. You know, AJ Dillon's going to, the way he ran over that mascot, hopefully he does that to some defenses this year. But um, yeah, I, I think the my top three would be the two backs and then probably Lazard is going to get his looks and touches. But uh, I don't see anybody really pulling away from the group. I think it's going to be another committee thing where you might see three, four, five people all pretty close together within a few touchdowns of each other. So that, that's that's not bad either if everybody gets in the mix. I think my current projections have... Cobb, Lazard, and Dylan all with six, and Watkins with five. Yeah, and I think with I, Dylan, it's you know five on the ground, one through the air. 
which you mm-hmm. could even you know duplicate that. But if if I had to pick one player, I think I might go with Cobb, to be honest. He's had the longest rapport with Aaron Rodgers. And with Rodgers, it's not like you'd see Lazard, the the, you know, the big body receiver. He had eight touchdowns last year. So it wouldn't be unusual to think he could repeat that. But it's about getting open. And that's why Adams with so many targets, he can just get open so quickly. And Cobb kind of has that probably to the best extent out of anyone here, especially if he, if he's playing over the middle through the slot. He really can, can, especially get zone coverages, get open. And yeah, maybe in the red zone, you, you're not facing as much zone that things tighten up. But I, I kind of could see Randall Cobb leading this team and receiving touchdowns. So that would be my answer, even though uh, Cobb and Watkins got less than 10% of the votes each. Uh, in terms of comments, actually, uh, at MVP Authentics answered, they think Amari Rogers is actually going to uh, break out and maybe not be second on the team in touchdowns, but at least should have been on this list maybe ahead of Sammy Walk. It seems like that was the one comment is that more so than support for Dylan and Lazard was why is Watkins on this list? So um, he should be on the NFI list only, even though he's not on that anymore. It seems like that's the prevailing thought. Yeah. And the t- with your Randall Cobb, uh, you know, that that's Aaron Rodgers' safety blanket, right? You know, you, you lose Adams and Cobb's his best buddy. You know, when it's third down and something breaks down, where's Aaron Rodgers looking? He's looking for Cobb to find that soft spot in his own, and that could very well be in the red zone also. Um, I don't, I, I guess availability, which Lazard's been hurt too, you know, and that's where I don't see Cobb as high, but it, it wouldn't surprise me for sure. So we've talked about the offensive line, but I think it's also fair to mention the defensive line. Now, uh, Again, mentioned that Dean Lowry started on the pup list the first day of, of uh, training camp. So that first practice, the starting three on the D line were, of course, Kenny Clark, uh, TJ Slayton, and uh, Jaron Reed. And uh, you know, I think with with Lowry coming in, that that gives a solid four to kind of rotate. You're, you know, you're not always going to play all you know three defensive linemen on the field. You might only play two on certain downs as well. So I think pretty solid fronts. I would, I would almost think probably more confidence in the, in the defensive line than the offensive line, simply because I mean, a, the best player is there Like without Bach and Jenkins, it's tough to have as much confidence when Kenny Clark is there. And so dominant, even if we're, you know, we're hoping for a move forward for Slayton and we hoping Dean Lowry can, well, I guess what's the hope of Dean Lowry? We know what he's going to be, right? We know what that is. Uh, but maybe the hope that Jerron Reed really sticks with this, this, defense and can really be a game changer but we know Clark's going to be solid so I'd almost yeah, think more confidence in the defensive line than the offensive line to start the season yeah don't forget about rookie Devontae Wyatt too uh he was kind of quiet day one but day two he was flashing he was in the backfield um and Kenny Clark getting to play some five tech and, and that's a good thing you know if Slayton can hold up in the middle and you can move Kenny Clark around and he's going to see more one-on-ones then instead of double teams Watch out. I, you know, uh, I, I, I really like the depth and the ads to the defensive line. I'm with you. And Dean Lowry, to his credit, last year was probably his best year as a pro. So is he going to be anything sexy and dominant? Probably not. But if you can get good, solid production and eat up snaps and then rotate these other guys in, yeah, that I, I really like that group. And, I mean, let, let's say, you know, whatever the, the main trio ends up being, Clark – Reed, if, if, you know, he is as good as advertised and whether it's Wyatt, whether it's Lowry, whoever kind of becomes, or Slay, whoever becomes that main three, that's a nice trio. I guess the cornerback trio of Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes is pretty nice as well. Um, and I, you know, you, all three of those guys can play on the perimeter, play against outside receivers, but it seems like, especially with Alexander and now it seems a lot with Douglas, both can kind of play in the slot as well. So that could be something where there's not necessarily one main slot receiver, but they're moving both in and out. Uh, that's one where I, I've kind of said it. If, if you project the Packers are going to play a team who's going to use the slot receiver more than anyone else, like that's their top guy. I want Alexander in the slot to cover that guy. I could, you know, put him there and let the other guys take the outside or, or however it moves around. Um, it seems like the first day of practice, it started off with Rasul Douglas at slot. And that's not something we saw too much last year. He played mostly on the perimeter, kind of a mid-season addition. So you stick to what you're, you're good at and your strengths. And they you know, they still had Chan, Chan and Sullivan. But with 
Alexander healthy because I was a big part of it last year too. Was that Alexander missed a ton of the season? So Alexander healthy, Stokes in year two, and Douglas. You've kind of got those three set, and you really don't really want to ever take any of them off the field. So finding a ways to get either Douglas or Alexander, maybe eventually even Stokes in the in the slot as a as a nickel corner seems imperative to just same thing with the say the offense line get the best five out there get the best corners out there the best five defensive backs you know assuming you're playing with Amos and Savage it's at safety just going to get those best five defensive backs on as much as possible right and you know another good problem to have we have three high-end starting CBs in the NFL so I think you're going to see a lot of these they're going to play three different roles they're going to move them around interchange them and, you know, when the defense can't really sit back and know exactly what you're throwing at them, that's one more one more issue for the defense. So that's a good problem to have. And I agree with you 100%. You know, depending on matchups, we can move these guys around. You know, you, you can basically take Jair wherever wherever you want to go with him, and he's going he's gonna to hold his own. So it, it, it's a nice – it's just a nice way to deploy your defense. Um, then you talk about the two safeties. You know, if we can get Savage to bounce back to where he was two years ago, this this secondary is the best in the league and that's not just being a homer i think they're that good and uh again the the additions right and it's been two really big rookie additions first round picks on the defense i've already mentioned why on the defensive line uh and it's funny because that was the guy that yeah initially i thought okay he might even be more locked in to be a starter uh week one it seems like uh as much as we love chris barnes there is also isn't much depth behind Barnes. So for Quay Walker, the linebacker, who was actually the first one selected, less competition to kind of immediately be one of the top three linebackers. But it seems like right away, Quay Walker from day one at, at training camp is with the first team. Seems like he's excelling, playing well. So uh, Devontae, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, that's your two main inside linebackers, it seems like, right from the, from the get-go. Assuming mo- they're healthy, you know, going to be kind of, limiting Chris Barnes's playing time, which you hate doing because he's a good player. But if you could get a better player than him on the field, that's that's even that that's a great again, great problem to have, right? And great depth to have as as a backup option in case the inevitable injury always does happen. So um yeah, I I think uh you know I was initially hesitant with the Quay Walker pick, but it seems like they'll kind of give immediate returns right away in terms of, of playing time. And we'll see, you know, what he can do at the NFL level, but looks pretty solid right now. Yeah, and that's the way the game's going. You know, these teams are playing lighter boxes and everything like that. Well, Green Bay now has two guys that can go sideline to sideline, super athletic, long linebackers, where you don't always have to play light. <laughs> Instead of bringing in that that nickel safety or, you know, just a, a dime cornerback, those guys are good enough to be able to cover in the middle there or run with running backs and tight ends. And still, you can still be strong against the run. So, yeah, you got a guy like Chris Barnes who's, a two-year starter, I mean, and you leapfrog him, you have three guys that can play and that you can trust when they're out there. So, uh, yeah, the Quay Walker pick, it was, I mean, he's really kind of like a a clone to Campbell, but they're going to move him around also too, or, you know, maybe you can bring him to the edge and he can blitz outside and do different things. So it'll be interesting to see how this defense goes this year. But it seems like the big takeaway kind of from the most recent day, so third day of training camp, uh, third practice anyway, I guess fourth day of training camp. Uh, they just didn't practice on Friday, but uh, the defense is kind of was getting better. The offense where, you know, causing mistakes, turnovers, it seemed like the defense is getting really locked in, which is a good sign that, that, that this defense is, I mean, we think this defense is championship caliber even last year. And if they've added to it and made it even better then you know, I guess, what have they lost? The, the biggest loss is probably Zadarius Smith, who barely even played last year. Um, and like you're saying, like the pass rush of Rashawn, Gary, uh, Preston Smith as your as your two outside guys. I mean, that's that's really solid. And it seems like you've got good depth behind them as well. Uh, Hamilton, Gallet, uh, seems like those are the, like the second team you know, linebackers, Ladarius Hamilton and Tipa Gallet. And it looks like, seems like they're both probably going to make this roster is, is kind of those, those main two edge rushers. So it could also make sense. You know, you maybe have more defensive linemen as well. We're talking about that. There's so many deep defensive linemen. So maybe, maybe there aren't too many times where they're, where they're not playing three, to be honest, kind of, kind of thinking about it, that, that all that talent, maybe you want to get as many of those big bodies on, on as possible. And, and 
uh, like you're saying, find ways to move Kenny Clark around. So find different options to be the the defensive tackle, the nose tackle. And, and yeah, I think uh, this defense really shaping up to look really impressive once again this year. Right. Yeah. In the edge, I am a little worried about depth, but yeah, the one, two punch of Gary and Preston Smith, that that's a strong duo. Uh, if we thought Gary was good last year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the talk for defensive player of the year because he's just getting better and better. Um, but yeah, it, and that's what they're talking about. Matt, Matt LaFleur was saying, you know, the one and two is, is locked in, but three to five, it's a competition. Who's going to get those spots? You know, Randy Ramsey coming back. He's the, he's the smaller, different t- body types than what we have. So getting him in the mix, see what they, what they got there. But if anything, you know, if they look to add like any kind of free agent here, you know, bargain deal guy, I could see it at edge as pass rusher, just because we don't have that depth. And if somebody goes down, you know, knock on wood, nobody does. Uh, I think that's the only spot where we're not deep. Like we are everywhere else. But well, again, I was going to also say, it seems like safety is not really deep either. Right. Like you've got Amos and you've got Savage. There's really no one else behind them. They're really deep. It seems like across the defensive line, whether it's defensive end or defensive tackle, really deep at corner. They've got, they could almost feel two different like sets of, of trio of corners. Um, obviously you like, you love your first set a lot better than your second set, but all the backups are, are pretty solid there too. So you've got great depth at corner and defensive line, but yeah, like you're saying defense, you know, outside linebacker depth, and really outside of Chris Barnes inside linebacker depth, there really isn't much either. Um, and then yeah, safety. So there's, it's, it is interesting. So yeah, could still see some additions to the depth of a few of the positions across the defense. Yep. You know, there's going to be a lot of tough cuts come, you know, all these teams cutting guys and green Bay usually is pretty good at snagging up a guy here or there. So, you know, th- this roster is not set by any means, you know, and injuries play a big part. We don't want to see anybody get hurt, but, yeah, it's going to be a lot different in a couple of weeks than it is today, for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so one more thing we wanted to talk about was uh, one more poll that we put out. Uh, our previous episode, Jesse, and it feels, this is a couple weeks ago, it seems like, so uh, you know, it seems like a while, but this was our most recent episode. We talked about the uh, ranking the opposing quarterbacks the Packers will face this year. It's a good thing this defense looks so good because, man, that list was... Uh, quite a lot of good quarterbacks on that list. And uh, so the, the first question though, was at the very top, which was a question we kind of had and we're debating, you know, Josh Allen, Tom Brady. I also put in Matt Stafford. We both had him at number three. So that kind of unanimous ranking, put him on the list or, or other, right. For this poll of who is the best quarterback the Packers will face. Um, I, I, you know, knowing that, you know, solid cases, I think for both Allen and Brady, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if it went either way. I guess I was a little surprised at how much of a big victory it was that it were of the listeners agreed with you, Jesse. 63% voted for Josh Allen, 29% for Tom Brady. Uh, so more than doubling up the, the votes. And then uh, we had 6% for Stafford and then 2% said other. And so just looking through some of the comments, uh, it seems like the most common answer for the other anyway was Kirk Cousins. Uh, Bob Netherlands, um, he, he asked the question, why is Stafford on this list and not Kirk? Basically, like Kirk Cousins should have been the third guy to vote for, not not Matthew Stafford. Uh, seems like Kirk beats the Packers pretty regularly, and Stafford really hasn't, to be fair. Uh, although there was a stretch where there's a, well, I mean, there was a stretch where the Lions did win four games in a row. Although, uh, depressingly, did Stafford even play all four of those games? I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. That's not something we're going to research. Uh, but yeah. Actually, that's someone I responded to through the Packers account, just kind of talking about the process was that we just voted. You and I voted both had Stafford ahead. So we're making this list. Stafford made the cut, uh, not Cousins on on the poll. Um, Fourth and Flex Fantasy Podcast said it was uh, Thomas Edwards Patrick Brady Jr., which I I now know that's his full name. (laughs) Um, So agreed with me. Uh, Smitty Hernan mentioned Josh Allen. 
Uh, and then Eric, Eric loves LAFC. Okay. So someone from LA, which is hilarious. They said Kirk cousins, no question there. It seems like they're from LA and they didn't say Stafford. So no bias at all. Um, so uh, yeah. And then this answer, someone just tweeted the gif of Justin Fields. So Andrew at Gucci underscore gotch. Thank Not you, a Andrew. Bear fan. Yeah. <laughs> that was that's great. I love I, I love it. Again, as, as someone who's got fields on a very important dynasty team, if he's <laughs> the best quarterback the Packers play this year, man. Oh boy, look out him. for the Bears first off. But secondly, that that's that's fantastic. I love it. I, I love the talent of Fields. Hate that he plays for the Bears because now if ever he does do well, and I'm I'm correct, it means the Bears are doing well, unfortunately. Right. And I appreciate everybody uh tuning in and putting those votes out there. Uh looks like uh Cousins is getting some love. Uh I guess to to debate back with them while Stafford did get a did get a Super Bowl ring this year. Granted, it wasn't in Detroit and has Cousins even won a playoff game? I don't think he has. He has, yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. I remember he beat Drew Brees in the Saints the one year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. But um, let's not yeah, talk about the rest up. of those playoffs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave that there. But no, he's very good too. And, and the the difference between them, I don't think's a lot. You know, I think our top five, you know, on that podcast we said was really tight. You know, with that three, four, and five. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Well, and I think. Like I, we both had cousins either at four or five and even last year, I believe we had cousins and Stafford separated by a spot. And yep. frankly, I think I might've had cousins ahead of Stafford going into the 2021 season. Now going into 2022 Stafford has a super bowl ring. It does kind of, we both said that, that kind of made it seem like he had to be number three, even though you looked at the career numbers, he really should be number five. If not lower, you look at the, again, career touchdown rate yards per attempt, Kirk Cousins higher in both, Dak Prescott higher than in both than Stafford. So if we were really going by the numbers, really would have probably had Cousins uh, third on that poll to uh, Bob Netherland's credit. Um, right. So yeah, and, you know, a lot a lot of variables go in it too because you look at those Lions teams too. Uh, they flip flop positions and give you know Stafford some of the receivers that Cousins had. It might be totally different also. So uh, yeah, I it, mean Megatron and, and Golden Tate not so awful. I, th- I think more than anything with what those Lions teams needed were the defense that the Vikings had. When right. Stafford was there, he never really had a solid defense. Like now it seems like the Lions defense is, I mean, they had their moments, I thought, I thought, I guess. Um, but yeah, never, I ne- never to quite to the consistency of the Vikings defense was either. And that's not right. quite on the quarterback. So to maybe our credit, just because Cousins is winning, if he's got the better team compared to Stafford, that doesn't necessarily mean he's the better quarterback either. Right. Yeah, it's always it's always a fun debate because who knows who's right and who's wrong. Because <laughs> I do remember a head-to-head playoff game against Kirk Cousins that the Packers had. And uh, while close at halftime, I remember that second half being, uh, okay, yeah, we got this. Didn't even matter that. I'm pretty sure Jordan Reed scored two touchdowns for Washington in that game. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was that was a that was a dominant kind of run for Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I love the the next. I'm trying to think, did they did they beat the Cowboys the next game? I think they I might. Believe- have. Yeah, I think anyway, so. So uh, sorry to bring up bad memories, Kirk Cousins. But yeah, uh, to be fair, I guess Stafford didn't have a playoff win entering last year and Cousins did. So that might have also skewed it now that now, now though, Stafford has four playoff wins. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, right, you go on one playoff run and win a Super Bowl. What does that mean? Like looking at some of those numbers, you go from, again, zero playoff wins to four all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. like what you know to, to kind of show that you waited through those and won all four of those games, too it kind of does also show that the clutch factor with Stafford, which to be fair, I think we always knew was there. We talked about his ability to get comebacks. Uh, I think he did have the, he did tie or break the record for most uh, fourth quarter comebacks in a season one year. Right. So well, they're always playing from behind. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that ended up being the case and they just, he, he found a way to kind of just always right. bring it back even with bad teams. So of course he found a way to win the big title when he finally was on the best team he's ever been on because you know again Cooper Cup's a great receiver he also had Calvin Johnson so Stafford's kind of always had good receivers but the Rams are more than just good receivers it's you know excellent coaching which Stafford maybe had Stafford had for four years I guess with with Jimmy Caldwell so uh good job Lions for not you know not not uh not keeping that going (laughs) 
Ah, <laughs> uh, God, I love ripping on the Lions. This, that's what this end of this episode is going to be, right? It's supposed to be Packers training camp now. Let's just let's just rip on the Lions. <laughs> I mean, we can rip on all the teams in our division. That's always fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Although, again, with the with Cousins, that Vikings passing game, I don't think that's a team you we can just. You know, even you know, new coaching staff, maybe not quite the same defense they they once had. I don't think that's a team you can just look at and be like, oh yeah, we got this. Like, right. I wouldn't be shocked if they split the season series again, like like last year. Throw the records out; it's a dogfight every time. But I mean, hopefully, we beat them by forty both times and can laugh at it at the end of the season. Yeah. So uh, I guess is there any other um, any other news? Any other? training camp uh battles anything that we didn't touch on i, th- I feel like we we've kind of mentioned all, all the names that especially for starting spots that we that needed to no i think we pretty much covered it you know let them let, the, let them get the pads on here and it, it'll it'll just keep going from there family night uh what uh saturday this saturday coming up so it'll be another fun week of training camp for sure yeah yeah i think there's going to be another three practices this upcoming week and then that family night scrimmage game on friday so i think uh, i believe it it looks like monday august 1st uh tuesday august 2nd and then thursday august 4th for practices mm-hmm. open to the public and that's where we're going to have kind of notes and 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 the such and then yeah family day friday and then another three practices next week and then the practices kind of lighten up after that at least the, the open practices they've got joint practices with the saints uh before the second preseason game which is against the saints so between those joint practices, which starts the 16th and then the 10th, which is the last practice before those joint practices, they have almost a week off of practice, but the first preseason game is also in there. I believe that's against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, so that's a uh, Packers training camp schedule get basically in a nutshell. So um, it, it's funny that you really, in a sense, you almost feel like we're, we're quarter way through training camp already. Like it really does feel like, like the preseason used to be four weeks. Like that's kind of what training camp almost boils down to at this point. So uh, yeah, basically a quarter of the way through. So, um, and so that's why, again, right from the start, things like those offensive line battles, who's going to be the the main edge protectors behind Jenkins and Bakhtiari, who's going to fight for right guard. That's why they're, they're trying things out. That's why they're, you know, I, I, what if uh, they've had, I think four, four different players play right tackle with the first team so far. Uh, So, you know, this is, they they need to know. So they're going to get as much, you have to condense as much information you can into these training camps. So they're going to have to, from the get-go, try all these different things. That's why they're trying Zach Tom basically everywhere on first and second team. Uh, let's see what what they can do. We, We need to know in a short period of time what these players are capable of. And so, like you're saying, what Adam Stenovich as the offensive line coach preaches, who are the best five players? Like put, put, you know, it's easy, put the best five players on. But I think right now is figuring out who are the best five. That's the question that kind of needs to be answered. Yep. And it's all going to sort out, you know, you got seven or eight guys that it's, it's, you can almost justify putting in that top five. Those are good issues to have. So it's, we're almost, like you said, a quarter way through training camp. We're almost here. We're going to, some real football is a month away. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, through the next, I guess what the regular season kicks off and, you know, uh, I suppose what, you know, 40 days, 40, 45 days, basically. Um, so, you know, between now and then there's, if, if you, as the listeners have any questions, you can of course reach out to us on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. Also your co-host individually, Jesse's at hall underscore J hall, 12, 12. I'm at Senra Says, and as always, download the full press coverage app. It gives you access to all the great full press coverage content. So articles, podcasts, the full press radio network, everything in one convenient location through the full press coverage app. So download for free today. Also, shout out to PA the Second on Twitter at PA underscore II official. He lets us use the song For Your Body as our intro and outro music. So appreciate PA for that. And also appreciate if you check out his most recent album, Illa V. For Your Body is on that album. You can check that out wherever you stream or download music. And uh, find again. PA the second, all of his albums, the Illa V, you know, all the other projects he's done. Appreciate that. Appreciate PA for that. And uh, appreciate, uh, you know, especially Packers Wire, using a lot of uh, their resources, their articles to kind of share. Uh, Jesse, I know you've probably got a lot of uh, sources you're using as well. So appreciate all the information that we're getting to be able to talk about. 
we'll be back next week to talk about week two of Packers Trading Camp. And hopefully you tune into that next time on the Full Press Packers Pod. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.